Amen. So good to be here. And uh, appreciate uh, the opportunity to come here. Thank you to Pastor Shepherd for the opportunity and trusting me with this pulpit. Amen. And I uh, just want to say thank you for the room and for everything. And we're excited to be here. This is our second service in Nova Scotia. So we're just getting rooted in around here. And well, we just love this province. Beautiful, beautiful. And, um, uh, you know, I'm grateful for churches like this that care enough about the kingdom of God to send missionaries to places that they can't go. And, um, you know, we can't all go to the mission field. Uh, well, let me say it like this. We can't all go overseas. We're living in a mission field. Amen. How many of you know people right here in town that need to be in here worshiping with you? Amen. And so that's that's the bottom line. We're living in a mission field, but we can't all go overseas, but we can send somebody. Amen. And Sister Lewis and I, we have a tremendously heavy burden for the nation of Germany. Population 83 million. Now, it sounds like a lot of people, but it's even more when you recognize that that 83 million people, they're packed in a landmass about the size of the state of Montana. So it's a whole lot of people in a little bit of space. And uh, I don't know, if you're on Facebook, you can follow us at Impact Germany. It's Impact Germany on Facebook, on Instagram, Impact underscore Germany. And we've been connected with Germany since the mid-90s. We were there as AIM workers in the mid-90s and worked there as missionaries even for a term. Then we came back to the States and we began to start churches. We've been planning churches for the last, oh, 18 or 20 years here in the States. And uh, the last church we started was in East Tennessee. Uh, maybe you're familiar with um, East Tennessee, Gatlinburg Pigeon Ford. It's a big vacation area. We live not too awful far from there in the mountains. Beautiful area, but God began to deal with us. And um, we, when we were there in Germany uh, in the 90s, my son was born there. Our daughter was raised speaking German and English as her first languages. In fact, uh, her and her husband and my two little granddaughters just got back from working in Berlin as AIM workers and so they're raising their support to go back. So we've had a heavy burden for the nation of Germany for a long time and the dynamics have changed between 20 plus years ago to today. Uh, there's a lot of religious tradition in the nation of Germany. In fact, they only have two recognized religions and, uh, and that's Catholic and Lutheran. And uh, anything outside of that is just a club. Our churches are just considered clubs, like a fishing club or a hunting club. We have, we're not even considered a church. And, um, and so, you know, there, there's a lot of religious tradition that's there. But today, uh, it's, the dynamics are, are changing. The younger generation, they're just hungry for something real. And they're not concerned about the big buildings and the, the, the giant stained glass windows. They're just looking for something that they can get a hold of, something spiritual. Amen? And you know what? We've got what they're looking for. Amen. Amen. Germany deserves to hear this one God apostolic message. Amen? Amen. And uh, to give you some idea of, of the need, we, we have 83 million people. And uh, we have around nine churches. So that's one church for about, oh, every nine million plus people. So can you imagine? It's just hard to fathom. We have, we have cities, many cities, larger, with a population larger than that of Nova Scotia that have absolutely no apostolic witness whatsoever. Hamburg, five million in the metro, no apostolic witness whatsoever. Uh, Frankfurt, an, an amazing uh, a modern town, a banking town, three million in the metro, no apostolic witness whatsoever. And the list could just go on and on. 
uh, there's just an amazing amount of major cities, hundreds of thousands, that have no church whatsoever. And so we you know the gospel is only the good news if it gets there in time. And uh, we, we need to make sure that the gospel gets there. Amen. And uh, so, you know, uh, Jesus said this, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so we're all mutually responsible uh, to, for reaching the world. And we've all got to do our part. Now, we all have a part to play. And if we work together, we can get the job done. And as the old saying in missions is, some go by giving and some give by going. No doubt if I was to put a couple of tables up here tonight and say, okay, this is a table where you sign up to sell everything you've got and go with me. Or this is a table where you sign up to pray and to give financially to us to help us go. I promise you, I promise you, this line will be a whole lot longer because it's easier to do that. But that's, that's how we work together because it is our calling to go. We have left everything, sold everything, and are heading over there because that's what God wants us to do. And the bottom line is we can't do this without you. We truly need your help. But, you know, it's my, my daughter and son-in-law were there to show you the, the hunger and the need. And they were in Berlin. My daughter walked into the, the, the meeting there. And she goes, a young man in the meeting. There's just a handful of people there, five or six people. And she began to talk with the young man. And uh, she said, well, how long have you been coming to church here? And he said, well, I'm not, I'm not a part of this church. And she said, really? He said, no, I'm an atheist. And he said, but I've been coming for a while. And she's like, well, why, why do you keep coming? And uh, if, if you're not part of the church, he said, well, every time I'm around you people, he said, I, I feel just this, it's an energy. And he said, I, 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 it's, it, I like what I feel. He said, it's like magic. And isn't that something? He had nothing to compare the presence of God to in his life but magic. And uh, man, it's, it's, it was awesome on one hand, but it was very sad on the other hand to realize that he, he's just, the presence of God is so foreign to him. Amen. But they need to hear this. And you know what? They want to hear this. They're, this is what they're looking for. Amen. And so we're excited to be able to go. And, and we can't do this without you. We've got 83 million reasons uh, to go. And, and there's 83 million reasons why we need your help. And so it will be our, our privilege uh, to be your hands and feet. And so, you know, we have what's called partners in missions. And I see that you guys already have several lined up around here. And that is amazing. That is awesome. And, but what that is, is we, we join together financially, you guys, to, to support us while we do the work over there. And, you know, headquarters, I just recently got some numbers, Pastor. I thought this was interesting uh, from headquarters. And it's this, that they've crunched the numbers and found that for every $25 monthly pledge, there's a soul that repents, gets baptized in Jesus' name, and gets filled with the Holy Ghost. Think about that. For $25 a month, you can invest in somebody's eternity. Man, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty sweet deal right there, and uh, and so and here's the, the truth about missions: when you give to missions, uh, you broaden your own ministry. Think about that: when you give to missions, the sun never sets on your ministry. Because while you're here sleeping in Nova Scotia, we'll be over there in Germany baptizing people, teaching Bible studies, reaching the lost because of your help. Amen. And uh, so it would give you a chance to broaden your ministry and. And, and so that's, but there's a couple ways that you can help us. One is by partners and missions. That helps keep us there. But there's, there's also project funds that we need one-time offerings that help get us there. And, uh, and so we, we have a project we're trying to raise funds for. And it may sound simple, but it's, it's, it's crazy. We're trying to raise money for a kitchen. And I'll tell you why. When you walk into an, a German apartment, I'll never forget the first time we walked in. 
they, they took us, at that time, 20 years ago, my German was kind of rough and, and I didn't understand everything real well, but she's walking us in, okay, this is the bedroom, this is the living room, this is that. And she walked us into a room that had four concrete walls, a tile floor, uh, wires hanging out of the ceiling and pipes stubs hanging out of the walls. And she said, this is the kitchen. And I'm like, I must have misunderstood. There's, there's not a cabinet, there's not a countertop, there's not a sink, there's nothing in here but walls and floor. And I said, I'm sorry, what, what, what is this room again? And uh, I thought it might have been the, the washroom or something, you know, where you put your washer and dryer. She said, no, this is the kitchen. And so she had to explain to us that when you rent an apartment in Germany, you have to get your own kitchen. I'm talking about countertops, cabinets, sink, the whole nine yards. And so we're trying to raise funds for a kitchen. And uh, everything in Germany is crazy expensive. Uh, it's not like a lot of the countries you go to where things are inexpensive. Germany is a first world country, very expensive, and it's going to cost us around 15,000 uh, American to do this. Of course, it, it's going to be a lot less than that by the time it goes to exchange rate and all that stuff in, in euros. But So if the Lord lays it on your heart to, to be a part of that, as Pastor said, just get with me and we'll, we'll figure out how to get that done. And, uh, but we're excited that, that this church is, is going to be a part with us and what God's doing. And, and uh, so while I'm preaching today, just be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. If the Lord lays it on your heart to be a part of what we're doing, then just, just be bold enough to respond. Amen? And how many of you want to please God? Amen? I want to please God. Well, grab your Bibles, if you would. Genesis chapter 21. Genesis 21 and verse number 14. <clears throat> Genesis 21 and 14. Amen. Man, I left the, the hot south to come up here into Canada to have some nice, cool weather. And I think Canada must be broken or something right now. I don't know. Man, you guys, this is almost as hot as it is back home. And uh, but we're, we're excited to be here, really are. It's such a beautiful land. Amen. Genesis 21 and verse 14. How many of you going to help me preach tonight? Amen? Raise your hand and wave a little bit. All right, both of you. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Genesis 21, 14. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat her down over against him a good way off as it were a bow shot, for she said, let me see the, not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. This is very important. Everybody say the voice. The voice. God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called out to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, what aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Now this mama took this baby and put him out to get her, and he, she knew he was going to die, put him away. But before it was all over with, the Bible says that God heard that little boy right where he was. And I just want to preach to you for just a little bit tonight that God can hear you from there. Amen? Look at your neighbor and tell him. Tell somebody close to you that God can hear you from right where you're at. Amen? Amen. Let's pray and ask God to help me and us. Lord Jesus, I love you. I thank you for the saints of God that are here tonight. I pray that you would just minister to me and through me. God, I pray you would give us a revelation that you're with us and that you know us and that you're listening to us. 
God calls us to leave here with faith and, and, and courage and be hopeful in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. 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 So Abraham cast out Ishmael along with his mother. And of course, as the heat of the day began to come on, she took that baby and put him underneath uh, a shrub, trying no doubt to shade him at least what little she could from the blazing sun. And she went a bow shot away. Now I grew up hunting. I love to hunt. I, I really enjoy bow hunting. So I know you can shoot an arrow a long way. It wasn't just a couple of steps that she went. She went a bow shot away. That was a long way away that she went. And it was because not only did she not want to see her child die, no doubt she didn't want to hear his cries. And uh, I can just imagine that little baby, how isolated he felt, how set aside and ignored and overlooked and forgotten. Amen. But in reality, he was far from any of those things. God knew exactly where he was at. Amen. And, uh, you know, she didn't want to hear that baby cry. I, I have two children. I have two grandchildren. And uh, I, I know the voices of my children. Now, there, there can be 20 kids playing off to the side. But if my kid starts crying in that crowd, it's going to get my attention over every other. Now, there may be 10 other kids crying, and I'm not even going to respond. But come on, we know our own children, don't we? Amen. But you know what? The bottom line of this story is that God knows his own children as well. And so what I want to just encourage somebody here tonight and let you know that God knows exactly where you're at. And he can hear you from right where you're at. Amen. He knows where you're at. Praise God. In fact, we know the Bible teaches us in Jeremiah 23 and 24. The Lord said, can any man hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? Listen, there's nowhere you can go. You may feel isolated, overlooked, and forgotten, and set aside. But God can hear you from right where you're at. And can you say amen? I like the way the psalmist declared in Psalms 139 and 7. He said, where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're, thou art there. And if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. Amen. And if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is as bright as the day, for the darkness is as light with you. Listen, God can hear you from wherever you are, whether you're in darkness or in light, whether you're in heaven or in hell. All you need to do is open your mouth and let your voice out, and God will hear you from right where you're at. Why don't we do that right now? Come on, somebody just close your eyes. Open your mouth. Let's let our voices ring out. Come on, this is not time to whisper. Come on, open your mouth. Lord Jesus, you know what I need. God, you know where I'm at. You know where I'm, what I'm going through. I'm asking you, God, that right now you would just hear our voice. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, God can hear you from there. He knows exactly what you need. He's not forgotten you. He's not bypassed you. He's just waiting on our voices to ring out to Him. Amen. Amen. Blind Bartimaeus, man, he made up his mind not to be quiet. As Jesus was going through Jericho, the Bible says, Blind Bartimaeus sat by the highway side begging. But when he heard it was Jesus coming, he began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
but many charged him. The Bible said that he should hold his peace. You know, that's exactly what the devil wants. He's tripped. The devil has been trying to shut God's people up for a long time. And the truth of the matter is we, we've been quiet for too long. We've allowed him to convince us God's not listening to you. He's not worried about you. Just sit over there and be quiet. You can come to church, just be quiet. You can go through the motions. Just don't open your mouth and start crying out to God. Oh, but blind Bartimaeus wasn't going to be quiet. The Bible said when they tried to shut him up, that he, <coughs> he cried all the more a great deal. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I just come to tell you that <coughs> there is power in the voice of one crying out to God. Amen. There's so much power. In fact, that the Bible said as blind Bartimaeus began to cry out that Jesus stood still. Isn't that an amazing thing to know that when you begin to cry out to God that you can stop him in his tracks? Come on, he knows what you're going through. He knows the battle that you're in. Can you say amen? I like the way that the angel told Hagar, hey, what are you fretting about? What are you worried about, Hagar? God's already heard the voice of the boy right where he was at. I've just come to encourage somebody. Don't you stop praying. Don't you stop believing. Don't you stop crying out to God because God can hear you from there. Amen. 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 The scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians, 2 Chronicles, rather, excuse me. <coughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. 2 Chronicles 7. Now, this is a passage. In this passage, is a verse that we know well, but the verse before the verse we know well says, If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. This is God talking. He said, what if, what if I say there's going to be no rain? What if I send a drought? What if I command locusts to come in and destroy? What if I send destruction among you? And then he said, what if I send pestilence? That's talking about diseases. Now, God's talking about some serious stuff. He's talking about sending a drought. He's talking about sending destruction. He's talking about sending sickness. What are we going to do, God? What do you do when God begins to let all this stuff happen to us? I guess there's nothing we can do. We just have to sit back and take. No, 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 no. You don't have to. Watch what the next verse said. It says if. Now, that if is a little word. And then, but big doors swing on little hinges. So he, God's talking about sending destruction and disease and drought. But here's what he says. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, amen, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Listen, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what kind of destruction or drought or devastation or disease you're dealing with. But if you want to get out of it, all you need to do is begin to open your mouth and cry out to the king. Oh, why not right now? Let's just do it. Come on, somebody's facing some junk in your life. The devil's lying to some of you, but it's time for you to open your mouth and begin to cry out to the Lord. Oh, come on. Is there somebody bold enough to open your mouth right now? Lord, I love you. God, I need, I need you, Jesus. <coughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, God can hear you from there. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, he's listening to somebody right now. He's listening to somebody right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, that's right. Come on, let's just go ahead. Oh, God's listening to somebody right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
For over 400 years, the, the children of God had been slaves. Whips cracked over bent backs and ribs protruded from malnutrition. Blood was mingled with sweat as taskmasters barked orders without mercy. Generation after generation of God's people born into slavery. The people of the one true God were serving life sentences under a false religion. But somebody finally got tired of the ration food and the oppression of Pharaoh. And they began to cry out to God. I don't know, maybe they'd heard the stories around the campfire. Maybe they'd heard grandma and grandpa talk about this God that had once delivered them. But somebody, <coughs> somebody got tired of it. And they began to cry out to God. In fact, Exodus 3 says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, and I know their sorrows. Isn't that, isn't that comforting to know that God hears your prayers and He knows your sorrows? My God, sometimes we get to feel nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody understands the battle that I'm facing. But my Bible says God knows our sorrows. Turn to somebody and tell them, God knows what you're going through. Amen. Amen. He knows what you're going through. Amen. But somebody got tired of it and began to pray. And the Bible said, the Lord, when they began to pray, He said, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good land and a large, into a land flowing with milk and honey. Amen. Hey, that's because they began to cry out to God. God said, I'm going to show up and I'm going to pull them out of there. Amen. I'm going to do something for them. But we've become an entertainment society, unfortunately. We expect to come to church and just sit down, sit back, come on. and get what we need by watching. Come on, preacher, move me. Come on, singers, entertain me. But listen, that's not the way God works. Listen, if you want to get something from God, yeah, well, he, doesn't he know the desires of my heart? Yes, he does. But you know what? Over and over and over in that book, he wants you to tell him. Cast your cares on him. He wants you to tell him what's going on. He wants to hear it from you. Come on, he was waiting to hear it Amen. from those Israelites. And when they began to pray, he began to move. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. He's waiting on you to cry out and then he's going to answer. Listen, you can't depend on pastor to cry out for you. You can't depend on the musicians to cry out for you. You can't depend on the singers to cry out for you. You've got to open your own mouth and begin to cry out to God for yourself. And then God's going to hear you right where you're at. Can you say amen? Listen, Daniel, I know you're in the lion's den. I know those lions are, man, they're walk marching around you. They, they're, looking, they're sniffing the air. Boy, they're ready to pounce. But guess what? God can hear you from there. Amen. Esther, I know you're nervous. You're about to step into the king's court. And if you don't handle things just right, you can lose your life in an instant. But guess what? Esther, I've got some good news for you. God can hear you from there. Amen. Three Hebrew boys, I know that the people that are throwing you in the fire, they're dying because of the massive heat. Oh, I know it seems impossible, but guess what? All you got to do is begin to cry out to the Lord. And God will hear you from there. Amen. Listen, dear saint of God in Middleton, you might be facing some sorrows and some frustration and some destruction and some disease, but I can tell you, if you open your mouth, God will hear you right where you're at. Hallelujah. Hey Amen. Are you fighting a battle with depression? Are you overwhelmed with the problems of life? Listen, it doesn't matter where you are. On the job, in the car, in your home. All it takes is you crying out to God. And God will hear you from there. Amen. Amen. Close to the end of his life, the psalmist penned these words. He said, I love the Lord 
Wonder, wonder why he loved the Lord. Of all the things that he could have loved, all the reasons that he could have loved the Lord. Maybe it was because he delivered him from the lion or the bear, or maybe even that he allowed him to defeat Goliath. Or maybe it was he was forgiven when he made the worst mistake of his life. And maybe it was after his family fell apart and God began to bring healing back to his family. Maybe, maybe that's why he loves the Lord. No, if you read that verse in, in Psalms 116, he said, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Hallelujah. Whew. Oh, what a reason to love him. To know that when you open your mouth and begin to talk to him, he's going to hear you when you pray. And the psalmist said in 18 and 6 of Psalms, he said, In my distress I called on the Lord. And to my God I cried for help. And from his temple he heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to know that no matter where you're at, you can call out to God. You may feel overlooked and forgotten and neglected and isolated and set aside like that little baby did. Amen. With nobody around. But when he began to cry out, that little baby, that little insignificant, seemingly insignificant baby, when he began to cry out, the God who created everything you see that put the stars in the sky, set fast the mountains, he heard that little baby. And the Bible said, I heard him right where he's at. Oh, the devil likes to convince us we got to be in a certain frame of mind. We got to be so perfect. We got we got to kneel facing Jerusalem and pray twenty seven hours a day. We got to fast nine days a week, and we got to be perfect before God's going to hear us. I'm sorry, that's just not the way it is. When you begin to cry out to God, God will hear you right from where you are. Amen. Jonah was a man who cried out to God. Now, Jonah had some issues. Jonah, it took him a couple of days. In fact, the Bible said that Jonah cried out to God from the fish's belly. I'm sorry. I, I just can't, I can't relate to Jonah. You got to understand, he, he's crying out from the fish's belly, which means he's already been grabbed by men. He didn't pray then. He's already been thrown over the side. He didn't pray then. He's already hit the, the, the crazy rolling waters. He didn't pray then. He's already been drowning out there. Didn't pray then. Then a fish comes up and grabs him and its teeth. Didn't pray then. Finally he gets sucked down past the teeth, past the throat, into the belly. And that's when he decides to pray. Now, I don't know about you, but Pastor, I've been talking in tongues as I was going over the rail. I mean, me and Jesus would have been close. It wouldn't have taken me a couple of days and being in a fish's belly before I decided to talk to the Lord. But that's just what—that's just the way Jonah rolled, I guess. But he said, I cried by the reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, into the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, and all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. And then he said, then said I, I am cast out of thy sight. Boy, isn't that the way the devil wants us to feel sometimes? I, I've just gone too far. I, I'm out of his sight. I, I'm too low. I'm too disconnected now. But he said, yet I'm cast out of thy sight. Yet will I look toward again thy holy temple. The waters come past me about, he said, even to the soul. The depth closed around about me. The weeds wrapped around my head. I went down to the bottoms 
of the mountains and the earth with her bars was about me forever. Oh, but when my soul fainted, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. I, I can't even fathom what kind of pressure that Jonah was going through. How, how deep did that fish go? He went down to the bottom, he said, of the mountains. Now, I, I remember as a kid jumping in the pool and going to the bottom and just in a little pool in the backyard, feel the pressure on your ears. But what kind of pressure was Jonah underneath with weeds around his head and in the darkness and without probably hungry and thirsty and all this and, and overwhelmed by the thoughts of his mistake, surrounded by all of this darkness. And I, I don't know what he was going through, but when he began to cry out, God began to move. Listen, Jonah, I've seen the righteous weep. I've seen the righteous struggle. I've seen the righteous stumble. I've seen the righteous discouraged. I've seen the righteous frustrated and I've seen the righteous make mistakes but I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I've just come to tell somebody you may be in the lowest place of your life. You may be at the bottom of the mountains. Amen. But if you will begin to cry out to God I've come to tell you the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords will hear your voice but you've got to use that voice before he can hear it. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Stand with me if you would. I'm coming to a close. We went to start the church in East Tennessee. We needed a place to live. We'd been living in a tiny little trailer just so we could get on site. And we just began to go look and pray. And we found a little house. And we didn't have a lot of, of income. But I just said, we're going to go do it anyway. Went into the bank. Talked to the bank. They said, you know what? They ran all of our numbers. They said, we can do this. All right, we'll do Here's what you can get. And man, we went out and made an offer. It was a house going up for auction. We made an offer on the house. Got it. We were so excited. It's a couple, you know how it takes a little while. It's a few weeks later, we're in there. We're sitting in the room at the title office. We've got attorneys there. We've got, we've got realtors there. We've got the owners there. We have all these people sitting around this big table. And... Um, Man, we were excited. We're about to get a place to live. We're so excited. Get out of that little trailer. Amen. And uh, the guy from the bank walks in. And he's like, listen, uh, I don't know what the deal is, but we just ran all your numbers again, and uh, you can't get this house. I'm like, excuse me? You're waiting months? You wait to the last second when we're sitting around the table and tell me that you messed up somehow on the numbers and that we can't get the loan? That's not, that's not my fault. He said, well, I don't know what to tell you. He said, they're saying you need $50,000 today. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, sure. Hang on a second. Come on. I said, I don't have $50,000 in my back pocket. Are you kidding? And I said, just excuse me. I'm, I mean, I need to step in the restroom. I walked down the hall, found the bathroom, went in. There was a lock on it. Thankfully, I locked the door. I'm in the bathroom at an attorney's office and I began to pray. Man, I felt the Lord. I began to weep. And I was like, God, if you're trying to stop me from getting this, that's one thing. But this is still right from the beginning. You led us to this house. You let us get the bed. You let everything come together. And I, if this is the enemy, I want you, God, I want you to stop this. I want you to let this happen. Man, I began to thank him for whatever was going to happen. I began to pray. I began to speak in tongues. God began to move. If somebody had walked in, man, I'm pacing, jumping up and down, praising God. Somebody had seen me in that, they thought I had lost my mind. 
But I had made up my mind that I was going to open my mouth and touch God. We've been quiet too long. I got myself together, got the tears off my face, walked back out there, and I told the guy, I said, listen, let's get somebody on the phone from the bank. Let me talk to somebody up the food chain here. I want you to find out what we can do. I got the vice president on the phone, a lady, and I began to talk to her, and I said, listen, you guys have said from the beginning that this was good. Now here, at closing, I mean, not the day before, not even an hour before, at, we're all there. Now you're going to do this? I said, listen, well, I'm coming here to start a church, and God's going to bless it. I said, we'll never miss a payment. We'll never be late on a payment. I said, just give us this chance, and you'll see. Got caught on the phone, and I hear, all right, I'm going to do it. I don't know why, but she was aggravated, you could tell. So I was like, okay, thank you. I hung up the phone quick. I didn't want her to change her mind. We sit down there. The guy's got his computer in front of him. He keeps hitting the refresh button to see if the funds have been transferred. We're waiting. We're waiting. You know, two or three, four or five minutes. It felt like days to me. But finally, he hit that button. He goes, hey, there it is. There's the money. You're getting a house today. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you this to let you know, even from a bathroom, if you make up your mind, you're going to cry out to God. He will hear you and he will move on your behalf. Can you say amen? Listen, some of us are not seeing what we want to see. It's because we've been convinced by the enemy to just stay quiet. Just keep your mouth shut. God doesn't care. God doesn't. You're set aside. You're isolated. You're, you're, God's not listening to you. You're out of his sight. No, no, no. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows. Listen, I've come to encourage somebody to pray those prayers that you stopped praying because you felt like it was never going to happen. I've come to tell you to start praying for those lost loved ones again. Start praying for that raise or that job or that situation again because God can hear you Amen. from there. Come on, why don't we gather around the front for a little while and let's just find a place to cry out to God. Come on, would you help me? Come on, saints of God. Let's gather around here somewhere and let's begin to cry out to Him. Come on, let's open our mouths. Now, this is not time to just stand there and whisper. Come on, open your mouth and begin to talk to Him. Lord Jesus, you know what